Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I am super excited to bring you today's featured guest, Dr. Jessica Higgins. Dr. Jessica, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. So Dr. Jessica Higgins is a licensed psychologist and relationship coach. Her ultimate goal is to help people acquire the insight, learning, and practice to navigate the terrain of intimacy more effectively. Jessica is the founder and creator of Connected Couple, which is a comprehensive research-based transformational relationship program. She's also the host of the Empowered Relationship Podcast, which inspires, motivates, and guides individuals and couples in more empowered, conscious, and evolved ways of loving. Jessica, do us a favor, take a minute and just give us a glimpse into how you got started doing this amazing work you're doing. Hmm. A glimpse. I'm going to do my best to give you a glimpse because it's actually a big journey for me. But for most of what I'll just give you the snapshot is, is I struggled in a intimate relationship. And at that point in my life, I had had an undergrad in psych, had a master's in psychology, and had been brought up in pretty progressive principles. So I thought that I was pretty well equipped to cultivate relationship in a really healthy way. And I ran into some major, major roadblocks, and it just prompted a lot of deep dive internally, self-study, and then ultimately prompted my dissertation and essentially my life's work now. So through my own relationship struggles, I basically realized most people are not exposed to this unless they're self-studying themselves. I love what you shared there, Jessica, because I feel like oftentimes the most most powerful and impactful practitioners are ones who came from personal experience. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just theoretical, right? They've been there, walked that path. And as you know, we focus on partnership here on the show. And I'm, I'm just wondering for you personally, what what do you find is kind of your, I call it a guiding principle. Some people call it a quote or a mantra. But what what is the thing that you can always come back to to get you back on the path of partnership whenever you get kind of off in the weeds? Hmm. Well, I would guess it's different for everyone. But for me, it is getting outside of myself. And what I mean by that is getting into my head being too externally focused and losing touch with what is true for me and my essence. So real deeper inner connection. Awesome. So how do you do that? How do you go about getting back to that inner connection? For me, I, I mean, it's been dabble. I dabble with different things depending on where I'm at in my life. But one of the few, I'll list three that I, I typically touch in on is yoga. I love to be able to have a guided class, I go to an actual studio and there's a teacher that facilitates. And so I get into my body and I breathe. And so it, and the actual practice of yoga is an invitation to turn inward. So it's, yes, you're doing physical 
exercise, but the, also the mindfulness of attuning into what's going on internally. So really checking in. So that's a big help. If I'm stirring with something that's like bugging me and I'm like, don't know what to do, or there's something going on in my marriage and feel agitated, I will usually turn to journaling or writing and not something that's super pretty that I'll look back on, but more of a process to get it outside of myself, all the junk that I might be kind of in the weeds about. And so it kind of helps me purge the all the mental blah. And then I usually get to some essence or core of like, ah, I'm scared or ah, I'm hurt. And it just feels like it helps distill really easily for me. Um, and then the third one is just freaking not taking myself so seriously. And I love to play and be in, in relationship, whether or not that's with my husband or friends. I play a lot of beach volleyball and just to be experiencing life and nature. That's fantastic. I love that. By the way, I, I love mental blah. That may be one of my favorite phrases ever. Because <laughs> um, we all know it, right? That's exactly how it feels. Mm -hmm. And it's funny because I, I've noticed this, you know, we'll be having a conversation with someone and we're, we're telling our, our story, our justification, our rationalization for something. And we'll be like, blah, blah, blah. And one day I realized we're not even interested in the story we're telling. Mm -hmm. That's what blah, blah, blah means. It's like, I'm not even listening to myself. Why am I telling you this? We right. do it all the time. And when we can get that out and get to what's really behind it, it's so liberating. So liberating. And honestly, when we're talking about relationship as it, as it relates to intimacy, I'll tell you, my husband has from day one been the biggest biofeedback tool. And what I mean by that is he does not respond to the blah, blah, blah. Not, not, I don't even know that he's resisting it. It's just he's not that inclined to lean in. But when I tell him I'm hurt or I tell him I'm scared and I'm being, I'm willing to be vulnerable and, and expose, he's always turned towards and always leaned into that. And so um, it's just a nice thing to know that that works and to, it inspires me to do my work. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that's that's a really great point. It's like your partner's not even going to go there with you on the blah, blah, blah. He's like, whatever. Mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. let, I'll wait till you come back. Right, <laughs> I'll interact right. with the real you. I don't know what that is. Exactly. Yeah, I had a uh, uh, another guest on the show a while back, and he said his his wife was similar, and she would, he goes, when I, he goes, my angry face must be really funny because she just laughs. Mm. And then she'll go, I'm going to go take a bath. And she just leaves in there because he goes, I realized I'm not even interested in this stuff. And it helps me get back to being me again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So do me a favor, because one of the things that our listeners love about the show is, is the stories that our guests are so generous in sharing about their own personal journeys. And I'm wondering if you would take us to a time in your life when, well, you tripped up in a partnership and just tell us that story. You know, what were you doing? What'd you trip on? And ultimately, what'd you learn from that experience that has helped you move forward? Hmm. Well, I mean, the real biggest transformational teaching was the relationship that I was referring to earlier and not my husband, but this was like early like 2000. And I basically, him and I both felt chemistry together and attraction together. I think we both felt like we had found the one. And was magnetic and all the beautiful things and did all the romance. And 
I would say 16, 18 months in, we started to experience some challenge together. And I'll just speak on my part, the way that I tried to negotiate whatever upset we were experiencing or whatever difference we were experiencing, I would try to explain. If you'd only understand, let me unpack it for you fully so you get it. But I wasn't doing it from the place that I just mentioned, which was a real genuine, authentic, vulnerable place. It was more of this justification, defensive rationalization and trying to explain it away. And there was this kind of anxious energy about it, which ultimately kind of would lead us to just hours and hours of cycling because he was hurting. And I don't know that I knew that he was hurting. What I experienced from him was criticism. So I was essentially defending against his criticism. And we were just spinning in this negative loop. And ultimately, we were both disenchanted, disillusioned, and hurting. And had I known what I know now, I'm sure the situation would have been different. But we basically came to a crossroads and really decided, well, I'll just say on a side note, we had gotten different support. We tried to go to therapists and just wasn't getting the support we were looking for. We ended up going up to Seattle. At this point, we were both in Portland, Oregon, and went and saw this mentor, kind of spiritual coach, counselor. It was like this montage of all of these different disciplines. And he basically, I don't know, I mean, the guy that I was dating at the time was there, but it almost felt like this gentleman that we sought guidance from was looking at me and he said, if he's not a full yes, don't proceed. And what he was talking about was he invited us to do this exercise, which was really looking at our relationship and having a heart to heart and basically saying, are we a yes to moving forward or are we a no? And he wanted us to have two index cards, one for him, one for me, and that we would write our yes or our no on the index cards and not showing the other person and then stand back to back. And then on the count of three, turn around and show our card to one another. And we did this. He was prompting us to do this. And so we went back home and we did this exercise, but he was prompting me by saying, if you get something different from him, then anything but a yes, if it's a no, but whatever, whatever, it's, it's a no, don't take anything else, but a yes. And so I heard that and we went through this exercise and essentially mine said, yes. And his said, yes, parenthesis, but, and I don't even remember what the, but was. And I just was like, that's a no. And so I ended the relationship and it prompted me into a deep, deep place of personal journey around my own fear of really choosing someone fully and feeling rejected. And there's a whole personal story behind that around, I lost my father when I was three months old and there's all this like loss and it just invited me to touch into something I don't think I was fully aware of that was, I think, impacting my experience. Um, but and I said earlier, this basically led me to the field of relationship principles and set me on course to, to do con conscious relationship, which is to be mindful of what's going on in me, to be mindful of my patterns and to practice even as scary, awkward, or seemingly unattractive it is. Um, and I was committed and 
basically had a whole different experience and now been happily married and we've been together for over 12 years. So, um, it, yeah, it was pretty much a failed relationship that prompted the work and my study and me practicing everything I teach. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> and I love that, that example of the, the, the practice he had you do. Which, quite honestly, as soon as you were saying it, I'm like, this sounds like part of a reality show. I know. Okay, right after the commercial, we'll see the reveal. Right. And then they show yours, and then they go to another commercial. We're just hanging on. And it's like, yeah, that, that's awesome. But, you know, one of the things that came to mind as you were sharing that, Jessica, and thank you for doing that, is that, the, you know, what I was hearing from what the, the practitioner was sharing with you guys was if it's not a real ye a whole yes, it's a no. Mm -hmm. And I remember I had my friend Kurt came up to me one day. This is years and years ago. And Kurt's an artist and, and he always is very excited about things. And he comes up, he goes, Ken, I figured it out. I'm like, what? And he goes, it's either yes or it's no. <laughs> I love it. And I did what you did. I laughed. I'm like, okay. <laughs> what are you talking about? And he goes, no, no, no. He goes, if you just follow the yeses, then the no's don't matter. You just go from yes to yes to yes. And he goes, and there's no such thing as maybe. Maybe is just a no you wish was a yes. And that's what you were saying with, you know, if it's a yes, but that's a maybe. You're trying to make your no a yes. So you're trying to frame it as it's a circumstantial. Oh, it has this contingency. No, it's a no. It's okay mm -hmm. that it's a no. It just means it's a no right now. And so we let it go and move on to what is our yes right now. Because imagine life if you went from yes to yes to yes to yes. Exactly. And right before I got onto this interview with you, I was working with a client and she had pain in her upbringing. And, you know, her dad was struggling with a illness and just his own emotional upset. And, you know, it's a big adult stuff. And she was little and he, you know, they were, her parents were separated at this time. So when she was at her dad's house, sometimes he would get dysregulated and have outbursts and, you know, be upset with her. And she felt so alone. And, you know, fast forward in her adult life, she's chosen relationship where it's a maybe. And I think her pattern was, but if you just saw me or if you just, I'm actually a good person and tried to engage into this dynamic, but we were talking about if somebody is basically saying I'm not available for a relationship or is inconsistent, they're actually not connecting. And I think sometimes we spend a lot of time in the maybe to your point, Ken, that even myself included, that if we're not dropping into our full yes and then opening up to here I am. And then whether or not the person leans into that or turns towards or engages or turn or is ambivalent, the ambivalent and the no is good information. As scared as we are to get that answer, we want that answer. And most of us get so preoccupied with our coping strategies that we're just spinning around and we're not even landing enough to get the answer, if that makes sense. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. It is. It's like we're spinning around. We're not, we're not stopping and paying attention to what's right in front of us. Because I was saying to her, I was like, look, there's so many men that are not available and that you could do this dance with. 
But there are so many men that are available. She's beautiful. She's smart. She's successful. There's no reason that she needs to keep picking and then spending her time and energy in this see me try to like trying to earn approval, which is obviously her old stuff. But um, to your point, if there's a real commitment to the yes, you're going to get that answer so much faster and not waste your time. Yeah. And, and you know, the, the other piece of that that I think is so important is when we aren't paying attention to our own yes, right? And we're sticking around even though it's not working for us. We're still, I mean, a lot of times people, the, the fear is culturally we have this idea that it's bad to say no to anything. That's bad. That's rude. That's selfish. That's That's inconsiderate. And so people say yes to things they don't want to do all the time. But you always say no to something. Because mm -hmm. if you say yes to something that isn't for you, then you just said no to yourself. And for some right. reason, we've gotten more comfortable saying no to ourselves than we have to anyone else. Absolutely. And I would just go back and, and grab what we were just talking about. I feel like when I am in the blah, 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 the story, and I don't even know how I'm feeling, I'm not connected to my, my truth, which in this context, I would say would be my yes. And so my husband can't even meet my yes because I'm not even connected to my yes. Exactly. Yes, we just came full circle. And that's exactly right. Right. He, he, there's nothing for him to connect to when we're in blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. there, there isn't. It's just a bunch of fluff. So, yeah, this this so important. Such great information. Thank you. So I want to I want to switch gears here. Let's explore a time in your life to share with us when I call it a proud moment of partnership. It could be anything romantic, family, career, you name it. But what I'm looking for is what's a time where as you look back on it, anytime it comes to mind, you can't help but smile and you're just like, dude, that was so cool. Hmm. There's so many coming up. Um... I don't know that this is actually really represented representative of my marriage at all. It's not, but I feel compelled to share it anyway. So I would say three or maybe two or three years ago, I was asked to do like a presentation keynote thing and it was about relationship. And I taught on the developmental stages of relationship I have a map that if you want to share with your audience, I'd be happy to send to you. Um, it's a really great just mental framework of what we're all going to go through. Um, and just fast forward to the second st stage is the hardest one to overcome. And that's where we all get stuck and either get compromised in our relationship or get a divorce or seek support. And so I was talking about the power struggle and I have this exercise that comes from Aikido, which is a relational martial art. It's not necessarily about, you know, at least the way I was studied, it was part of a program that I was um, involved in. And it was really trying to give myself and my other co uh, cohort members who were in this, the program an experience of being in relationship where you feel 
in opposition, but how to deal with that opposition where you can work with the flow of relationships. So I'll just try to briefly describe this so I can then share my story. Um, so I was, you have two people that are facing each other. One is the attacker. One is the one being attacked. And the attacker has a symbolic sword in the way of their arm raising above their shoulder, above their head. And then when prompted to go there to walk slowly towards the person in front of them as if they're going to attack, not to touch, but just to symbolically represent an attack. Well, the person being attacked usually without any training will do one of three things. They'll freeze and just be like, ah, just out of shock, or they'll back up as a way to flee, or they'll want to fight back. And this is just the nervous system's automatic response. And most of people have heard the fight, flight, or freeze response. And so when we feel threatened, we go into this response. And so part of the Aikido invitation is when someone's coming at you, you have those choices, but then you also have the choice to step off the line of attack, meaning the line is straight. If you imagine two people standing in front of each other, the attack is going towards the other person. If you sidestep and then almost turn towards the person, you're still facing them so you can still see them, but you're not absorbing the attack and you're not having to fight against it. You're actually safe and you can see the attack. And what I was doing with this was talking about how we often are hurting and we're attacking our partner, but then the per person is more distracted by the attack to know that the person that you're hurt. And so if we can step off the line, look at the attack of like, this is just all them. It really has nothing to do with you. It's just all their stuff that they're heard about, challenged with. And I, when I was teaching this and I actually had a person I was working with, she was talking about her marriage and she was getting emotional. And um, I was telling her about how, because she was experiencing her partner as being really critical. And I was telling her, look, like this attack coming from him, he's actually, he's giving you criticism, but he's actually scared. And in that moment, I, I don't know that I'm capturing it fully. This is the first time I've actually shared this story. I felt my own connection with how the guy that I was sharing about, how when we were in our vicious cycle, he was scared. But I didn't know he was scared because all I was focused on was his attack but that there was something really deep going on for him that he was scared. And that oftentimes this is the thing that I'm encouraging people to do is to be able to recognize when your partner's protesting or attacking, oftentimes they're hurting. Or if you're protesting or acting out, you're probably hurting. And to our language can get into your what's what's yes what is your truth then that's where real connection can occur but when I was teaching this I was like had the somatic sensation of like oh like he was actually really scared and I didn't know it like I knew all the principles and I knew what to do going forward but I hadn't really had a sense of, I think if I will say I even felt compassion and forgiveness towards him even though Throughout our whole upset, I was so frustrated with him and so angry with him, but just that compassion around like he was really hurting. So it wasn't necessarily like super bubbly, happy, like I'm so proud, but it felt like deep awareness that 
I feel like these principles offer that allow for transformation. No, I, I totally get that. And, you know, one of the things that I loved about what you shared there was, like you said, it wasn't like I'm beaming proud, but there was this recognition, right? It was it was an aha kind of moment. <laughs> and that's something to be proud of. A lot of yeah. times we beat ourselves up for why didn't I know this before? Well, then it just would have been an aha moment some other time. It's still going to be an aha moment when the light goes on. It is. So that doesn't make it bad that it took you this long or that it cost you this relationship or whatever. It's like, thank goodness I don't have to do it again. Mm. Now I have choice. And when you have choice, you have power. So now you're in that place to go going forward. I am aware I can choose how to respond. Do I step to the side or do I just combat it? Do I fight it? Do I take it personally? Or do I get curious? What's going on here? Because so exactly. times that's what happens, right? It's so disproportionate to what they're talking about. And you're like, what is this? And we don't know, but we don't ask. And right. then we end up reacting off some story we made up that it must be about this or must be about that. And it goes on and on. And it's that downward spiral. Or we're so insulted by the way you communicated. Like, oh, yeah. don't talk to me like that. Or why are you yelling? Or like, you know, and it's not even, it's such a, you're, it's focused on the delivery and not actually what's going on. And granted, that is some heavy lifting to do. It's not easy to step off that line and to be curious when you're having a reaction, for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I mean, it's not easy, but it's just like a keto, right? It takes practice. Because when you practice enough, when the real shit hits the fan, your innate nature will go and do the exact same thing that you've been mm -hmm. practicing. It will be your second nature. But if you've never done it and you're just waiting, oh, I'm going to try this once it gets really ugly, it won't happen then. Because you haven't developed that muscle. You haven't developed that response. Right. It's like, it's like the Karate Kid. It's totally like the Karate Kid, right? Wax on, wax off, wax on, wax off. He had no idea why he was doing that motion. He thought it was stupid. But as soon as he started throwing punches at him, he instantly, his instinct, did exactly what he needed to protect himself. Mm -hmm. That's what we're doing when we're interacting in partnership is going, I need to continually be vigilant, be, be paying attention to my response to the little tiny stuff that happens all day, every day. Then when something big and ugly seems to be coming my way, guess what? I'll know exactly how to do it. Mm -hmm. And can I would just add, I feel like you're saying this, but I want to just underscore that for me, when I started not only understanding these principles, practicing them and trying to integrate them, I felt so much more liberated. Now, granted, when I'm in the heat of the moment, I'm scared. My knees are shaking mm -hmm. like everyone else. But I feel that I have choice, right? You're using the word respond and versus react, right? Some some people are like, I don't even know what took over me. I can't even, mm -hmm. I, I, you know, and it's just this feeling like you don't have the power, you don't have the control. But when we do our inner work around this, we feel oftentimes more empowered to choose and be more informed around what we're creating or even co-creating with someone else or, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very well said. Well, Jessica, we've arrived at a part of the show I call Bring It All Home. And this is this is where we're going to step away from the stories. 
and I'm going to ask you to share some some simple takeaways that that our our listeners can take with them right now and apply directly. And the first I want to ask you is, what's the best partnership or relationship advice you have ever received? Well, what's coming up for me right now is the idea of taking full responsibility that even though when we're in relationship, we desire and our intention is to cultivate connection and to have a safe bond and to have somebody we can develop and, you know, have a lasting relationship, love relationship with. And so oftentimes we want to use that as our source and we turn to it for our relief. We turn to it for our, our, our way of getting our needs met. And oftentimes that can get pretty tangled and I won't go into the details of how it gets tangled, but what sets it all free is when, again, the thing that we're talking about, Ken, is if I can get into what's true for me and I can share that, then that's an opportunity for real connection at any moment. And that's how a relationship gets built is on those many, many moments. And it can't happen if I'm trying to say the right thing or say what I think my partner wants to hear or say the thing that I think I'll get what I want from. All of that is going to be messy and be basically not connection and probably result in things that are dissatisfying. And so if I can, even if it's saying the very thing that I'm ashamed of or speaking something that feels unlovable, but if it's true and raw and vulnerable, that's the thing that sets it all free. And so something in the ballpark of taking ownership for one's experience and then being able to be available for connection. And that's where the real beauty lies, in my opinion. Love it. Fantastic. And I love that phrase, being available for connection. Yeah. And I, you know, Ken, we were talking, I'll say, you know, as far as advice given, I think I got that out of the book, Conscious Loving. That was like, I think the first time I probably had heard it many, many times, but Gay and Katie or Gay and Kathleen Hendricks, they talk about speaking the microscopic truth. And this is the stuff that's like being accessed through the body, but also like stuff that's like deep, 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 the small, small, like little voice that's you know, down beneath it all and speaking that, that that is a game changer. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let me ask you this then. You just dropped a book on us. It's a fantastic book that I hear about all the time. It's always referenced on the show. Matter of fact, when I interviewed Gay, I asked him, you've written 30 books. What two would you recommend or what would you recommend? And he said, I can't recommend one. I have to recommend two. And it's Conscious Loving and The Big Leap. Mm-hmm. So... Let me ask you, what book or resource, other than what we've talked about, would you recommend to our listeners and why? Okay, so the book that I recommend most to my clients that are in relationship is Hold Me Tight by Susan Johnson. And she's helping people understand what's going on internally, and it's the research term is called the attachment working model, that we got an imprint at a very, very early age based on how our parents or caregivers showed up for us around relationship and, and how relationship works. And that either prompted us to have a secure relationship or an insecure relationship. And this all matters when we then enter into romantic relationship. And basically, you know, if we'll go back to the keto example, 
the fight, flight, or freeze mm -hmm. response, that there's a lot getting triggered. And sometimes we have no idea that we feel scared or that we're hurt. And to be able to understand what's going on underneath some of these dynamics is so powerful. And that the biggest thing is most couples don't know that their partner's hurting. So when I talked about, oh, he was criticizing me because he was hurt or he was scared, right? That's a very different thing. I think I would have responded very differently if he would have said, I think part of the reason why I'm criticizing you is I'm scared. I would have been able to turn towards that in a very different way than how I was defensive towards his criticism. So hold me tight basically breaks down all the research. She's done so much research that she offers, but also teaches and, you know, teaches therapists how to do her technique, which is called emotional freedom technique, or excuse me, sorry. Yeah. Emotional freedom technique, EFT. And this is what I think every couple when they're in, in caught in conflict could benefit from reading. Because it not only talks about what are all the demon dialogues, but also how to get into a way in which you can create safe connection. I love it. Great, great recommendation. Thank you. Well, I got to say, Jessica, I mean, I think it's pretty clear you have so much more you could share with our listeners. We just don't have time for all of it. So can you let our listeners know how they could contact you or learn more about what you do? Sure. I have a website. It's drjessicahiggins.com. And that's a doctor with a DR. And I also have a podcast. It's called Empowered Relationship Podcast, where I offer free tips, tools, resources. I interview other relationship experts in the field. I also answer listeners' questions. And sometimes for some brave souls, do live laser coaching. Uh, so that's a way to engage with free information. And then on my website, there's other stuff to access as well. Excellent. Excellent. And... For anybody who didn't get all that written down, don't worry about it. We are going to have links on the show page for Jessica's page. Uh, so all you'll need to do is go to speakingpartnership.com. You'll see Jessica's interview there. If you don't, just do a search for her name, and you will see the links directly to her site and her podcast and so on. So it'll be really easy for you to get in touch. Well, Jessica, thank you so much. Your stories, your insights, absolutely incredible. I really, really appreciate your candor and honesty in sharing with us today. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to Speaking of Partnership. Head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. Be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on Follow Your Yes Friday. It's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.